Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Taylor Fade Podcast. I'm Scott Picard, alongside Alec Byersdorf, who's basically in the same spot I was a week ago. Not happy. But just a friendly reminder, everyone, make sure, go to YouTube, subscribe, go to Apple, Spotify, follow us, leave a review, follow us on Taylor Fade Pod on Instagram. All right, do all that. Help us get those reviews up so we can help pay for the bookie more Lululemon that, so I can have a chance to win some more Lulu. Yeah. Haven't won any yet. One day. One day. And the, and the Taylor Fade podcast is brought to you by the Vookie Sports Network. Yeah, the Vookie Sports Network is all about quick and quality content. Uh, we have you covered from all angles of sports content with your daily sports news, podcast shows, quick sports clips, education on sports betting, and a risk-free sports betting feature where you can win raffle prizes such as those Lululemon gift cards, electronics, everyday items, and trips. Bookie Sports Network is available for download absolutely free in the App Store today. So make sure to check it out and let it become a part of your daily routine because fortunately, we get sports every day of the year. Download Bookie today, make an account, and enjoy everything that is the sports world. The link is in our bio. Download it today. Yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Maybe the greatest weekend in playoff NFL playoff football history. I would say not even maybe, like absolutely. Every 100%. Game. The greatest NFL playoff weekend ever. We'll do a recap. Let's start with the best game. The last game of the day. We got Bills. We got Chiefs. We got overtime. We got both quarterbacks just slinging the ball. No one getting stops. Just up and down. The Bills basically take the lead. The, the Chiefs go down and score within... 50 seconds. Tyree Kill takes a four-yard slant route. Yeah. 100 miles an hour down the sideline, gone. They score too fast to then the Bills come back and score with 13 seconds left, which you think is enough time. And I guess the controversy is they're telling people to, oh, they should have squibbed it. They should have done that. 13 seconds should be enough time, A. Um, I've always been against this whole, like, hey, prevent defense because NFL prevent defense has literally never prevented the other team from moving the ball. And they didn't need a touchdown. Like, they had to score... Like, I get it. Like, I get it if you're preventing them from scoring a touchdown, but they just had to get, truthfully, 40 yards to get in field goal range, which it's like, yeah, with unlimited timeouts the entire field, like, don't play prevent defense. Just play two guys at your own 50, two guys at your own 40, and then play the rest just normal defense. And it just didn't work out. Um, 13 seconds proved to be too much. And then, as you know, Chiefs won the coin toss. Overtime, they score. Bills never see the ball. Two things. One, they squib it. If you catch the ball on a squib, let's say you catch it like the 35-yard line, and you, and go, you down. go down, right, you lose the a clock, second, and, the clock and, stops. and you get a better field position. Yeah. So that's, right? that's why I don't— Then Tyree killed back there. He could easily return it for a touchdown. So people are like, why would you kick it to Tyree? So there's no win. My problem was, there's a couple of philosophies I read. One was, I don't understand why teams, when they had to go that distance, they're at the 25, drop everyone back. That gives a different read for Patrick Mahomes, waste an extra more, couple more seconds. And that by that time, it's six, seven seconds are gone off and they don't, they can't run a play, but they ran the, which they're prevent. They just dumped it to Tyreek. He ran 20, 25 yards, got down timeout and they still had seven more seconds left. And then the bad play was, I don't understand why they wouldn't just, if they're playing prevent back, press everyone else yeah. up. And I, Tyree, uh, or Kelsey got like a free race, catch down timeout. The other thing I saw someone say was, which is quite interesting, I believe in a different way, the Ravens did it at one point yeah, yeah, I was just when they're going to hold, hold. They were punting with like eight, nine, six left. They're up like seven. 
and they were just like, they just held everyone yep. and they just took the penalty. There was zero safety, seconds left on the clock. Game runs out. They could easily just take Tyreek, everyone else at the line, they press everyone else back and just grab all the, just yep. hold them down. It's a five-yard penalty. And then even at the at best case scenario, Mahomes runs. And then at that point, there's probably five seconds left where they can't. You do a Hail Mary. Yeah, they yeah. have to do a Hail Mary. No, I completely agree there. I think, you know, obviously the hold thing's not something you like practice. It's not something you talk about because all it does take really is one person to absolutely blow it. And like, you're like, oh, there goes Tyree Kill. I mean, obviously, yeah. I think you have four guys up, three guys over top. Those four guys are just holding them. Like, you don't even have to tackle them. And obviously, it's a whole lot harder to do that holding thing because the story you were mentioning was on offense where they were, you know, it was, a, it was a punt block, essentially. They just tackled everybody. And then Justin Tucker ran around, ran around, ran around. And then I, I'm not mistaken, he took a safety. He took a safety. And then if they, and if this they, game was over. If they decline, get the safety games over. If, if they, they accept, accept it, you get one play, you just spike the ball, yeah, game's over. Yeah. So that was great. I want to say this. The Bills had the number one defense in, in the NFL. That's like, that game's on you guys. It, like, if you can't be the number one defense in the NFL, then Josh Allen scores. 30 points or whatever. And you, you got to get stops. Yeah. Like you got to get a stop in 13 seconds. That's on the defense. You, you can complain I about just think the overtime. I just think you, I think coaches just out coach themselves when they, they think of this entire defense, weekend, this entire weekend, but I just think it goes to it. And, and with that going in, you know, obviously unbelievable game, but to the theme coaches just out coaching themselves. It just, it was on brand. Like I, I think there were so many games were lost in the coaching. Like don't play prevent defense. They don't, if they need a touchdown, sure. But that's not what they needed. They just needed two 20-yard plays, which when you play prevent defense, you're going to give up 20 yards of play. It, yeah. it wasn't like they had no timeouts. So I think it was a terrible play. Chiefs advancing to the AFC Championship, getting into then the second best game of the weekend. Yeah, I want to say the Josh Allen, I, obviously Bill's Twitter is like going crazy right now and they, like they love Josh Allen. Some people are already saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, he had two great games in the playoffs, like historically great games. I'll say this. I'm not willing to have Josh Allen pass Patrick Mahomes. He, one, he, they lost the game. Granted, a coin flip came down to it. But he, Josh Allen's got to do it for like another more season. and got to put up like an MVP caliber uh, yeah. or get, I mean, be an I'm MVP fine. to do it. But so anyways, I also don't really give, I, I just think it's like, why do we have to determine like who's the best quarterback in the league? Because it's completely and it's also It's also based game to game. Like Josh Allen, the last two games has been the best player in the NFL. Yes, those yeah. last two games. But, but, like, like, but why but do we he, have to decide he, that? He goes 13 of 27 one game and 152. It's like, well, now he's not the best that's player. Why, that's why I yeah. just think, just in general, like, like, just have your, like, top three to five because the top three to five are, like, heads and shoulders above everybody else. Oh, yeah. Just put in your top three. To, and really, I think it's just top four is head, head and shoulders above everybody else. Just have it, leave it there. Because then game to game, it's like, oh, my God, like, this guy played amazing. And yeah. You're like, yeah, well, that's why he's one of the best in the game. But then you're like, oh, the best player in the game that you said last week had a bad game. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Josh Allen's going to get up there and yeah. then they're going to do everything to tear him down. Yeah. And they're going to want like Joe Burrow to come up. So that's what we do. All right. Let's, but the second best game. Second best game. Ram, Rams, Bucks. Rams were dominating this game. Brady couldn't do a thing. It looked like every time he said hike, he was getting tackled. And the Rams did everything they could to lose that game. Yeah, they tried. They tried. They literally, and I'll say this. Normally, I was watching the game together. I was like, this is Matt Stafford's going to throw a pick. He actually didn't cost him the game. Cam Makers with the fumble, two the snaps, two fumbles, a snap over his head. Yeah, um, they're going three and out. Cooper Cup fumbles the ball. The Rams were doing whatever they could to try to give the game to the Bucks, and it kind of felt like the Bucks were going to figure it out, figure it out, and get the ball in overtime and win. That was my thought. 
I thought the Rams played obviously a lot better. The Bucs just made a couple big plays when they needed to. And I thought that Rams even was on the field for so long. And that's the only reason why the, they didn't really get pressure late in the game. Because they were like on the field, off the field, on the field, off the field. Um, making Brady feel really uncomfortable. But the Bucs ended up lose, costing themselves losing that game going cover zero. I'm guessing that's the call there. But that's on the coaching. Like That play reminds me of the NFC Championship last year when it's like four seconds before half. Brady throws it to Scotty Miller. And I'm, and I'm like, as a Packers defense, like, you know, like they can't get in field goal range. There's four seconds to go. This is the last play of the half. Like, why aren't you playing? So the, three? Like, they just, I just think coaches are just out coaching well, themselves. The, the difference between the Chiefs and this where the Chiefs had timeouts. So they could throw the ball anywhere they wanted. The Rams got sacked. 42 seconds left, get sacked. So there's like 35, no timeouts now. Second and 13. They hit, do not let the ball go out of bounds. You, get, you can run two plays in 35 seconds, basically, with the clock running. You, they should have everyone on the sideline. So let's think about this. You were there at like the 25-yard line, right? Yeah, thir- so, I think the 30. The 30? At the 30-yard line. Let's say... Actually, no, because I guess to start, yeah, about the 25-30. Yeah, 25-30. Let's say you give up a 15-yard play. You surround the sidelines. You do not let anyone go. They let them catch a 15, 20-yard play over the middle. By 35 seconds, goes down to about 28. They get to the line. They spike it with like 19, 18 seconds. They literally are at the 50-yard line. If you don't let them go outside again, you just make them tackle on the field, they can't run a play, get their spike it in time. I agree. I agree. And, and, and then what is uh, Todd Bowles doing going cover zero and having your safety? Why? Your biggest, your, your, your worst defensive unit is the, the defensive backs on this team. And you're having your safety cover Cooper Cup, the best, the best yeah. wide receiver Which in I the league. Which I just don't get how you just don't just completely double him in that situation. But... Nevertheless, I do think the Rams deserve to win. I mean, they were oh. the more dominant team. Obviously, there was almost some Tom Brady heroics. We mentioned it when we were watching it together. At the time, it was like 27-3, to 3, and I'm like, if this is how this game finishes, I don't think Tom Brady can retire. And I did say if he somehow makes a comeback, he can, at, I think, at least walk Now, Now there's the whole conversation of retirement. I think he can at least be like, yeah, I, yeah. I did everything I did. I didn't have a sour taste yeah. in, uh- in fans' mouths. But with that said, going to Saturday's games – both exciting. Tennessee Bengals back and forth, back and forth. Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill absolutely lost them the game, blew it. They're going, they, and then they have the ball. Not only that, the, the play calling, offensive coordinator should be fired from yeah. the Titans. 100%. You run the ball four times for 70 yards, and then you throw a, you go shotgun, you throw a swing pass that gets picked up. Like you did not deserve to win that game. Yeah. No chance. They lost the ball by not giving the, not running the ball every single play. And by, tr- the first play of the game, they throw a pass. Run the ball. Yeah. And like, that's just, stop getting cute. Run the ball. But then even, and then I'm even question, questioning at the end. The third and one? No, the end, like, they got the ball with, I don't know how much time left originally, but they had one timeout left, and then they're like, yeah, let's just run the ball now. I'm like, now you want to run the ball? Yeah. Like, now's the time to pass. And then you, in, I mean, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you got to realize, like, hey, it's okay to go to overtime. Like, don't force a pass here because the Bengals, I don't believe, had any timeouts left. No. No, they didn't have any timeouts left. So, like, you're like, okay, you punt the ball. Bengals will have the ball in their own 20 with probably 20 seconds to go at best. I just think Ryan Tannehill cost him the game. You know, the interception. How do you not just, you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, split them both out wide and just see which one has man coverage one-on-one and yeah. just I mean, throw AJ, the ball to them. I mean, them. their only real passing game was... AJ Brown going deep and then the ball being underthrown and everyone keep running AJ Brown catching for 45 yards. I'm trying to do math. They rush four. You have double coverage on each side. AJ Brown and say there's a safety help over the top in Julio Jones. 
So that's eight people. Now you have two more wide receivers. They're basically, you play one-on-one. You just figure out who has a mismatch. I just, like, coaches just out-coaching themselves like that. And then going into the Saturday night game, which we're just probably not going to talk a lot about just because, you know, the Packers kind of just... We should get into it. But the, this is the thing. And I'm not... And people are like, oh, Alex, gotta be, you got to be so mad. I'm like, I'm really not. Because as an NFL team, they lost, like, how I would expect a college team to lose. Like, you, you very rarely see... NFL teams lose because of like so many special teams miscues. Like usually that is not like a team's demise, but I'm like, you know what? Like you think you're the best team in the NFL. Like you can't expect to win a Super Bowl. Like literally they had four special teams mistakes. First one blocked field goal. Just don't block. Like the guy decides to block the guy on the outside versus the inside. Doesn't make any sense. That's so day like, one. That's high school. Yeah, stuff. Like, like block the, the guy, guy closer to the ball. Yeah. Right. Second thing is obviously the blocked punt where you're like, Four minutes to go, blocked punt. San Francisco did nothing with the football all day. Nothing. Like, make them, I don't care if they get the ball in Green Bay Packer territory, they have to score a touchdown. Yeah. They, so you're like, make them just put it together and get the ball in the end zone. Packers defense was dominant. And then you look at big kick return to open up the second half that gets San Francisco the, a, field goal. a field goal. And then to finish, San Francisco's kicking the game-winning field goal, and you only have 10 guys on the field to block that kick. I mean, like, that many errors, I'm just like, you know, you don't deserve to win. And that's why I'm like, I'm not even that mad because, like, you lost. Somehow, I like the two teams, both in the NFL and college football, that have the worst special teams ever known to man. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm just like, how is like how are we losing all these games on special teams? I feel like... Aaron Rodgers always takes a lot less blame from like the media. You can't score 10 points no, I agree and expect that. to win a game. You score the seven points the very first drive, and then you just stop scoring, especially we talk about it was snowing that you have an advantage. Yeah. And then just they just were giving the ball to Adams and Jones the whole time. Just keep doing that. I don't I don't know. It just it seemed it seemed weird. I just don't know what was going on, obviously. You know, I will say though, with to San Francisco's credit, and I said at the beginning, it's gonna cause them trouble. If they get pressure with four people, it's gonna be tough which they did and they got to Rodgers and Packers offense obviously didn't do much. And it's not be, and it's not just because Aaron Rodgers didn't play good. Like San Francisco's defense did play very good. They got pressure with four guys. If you're getting pressure with four guys quickly and you have seven in coverage, there's not going to be many open guys. I mean, there was a lot of it just like, Hey, Devontae's down there some somewhere and it, and it worked out for him. But with that said, let's get into the NFC into championship it. game. NFC because- championship. We have the trilogy of this year. San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams minus three. The Niners have won six straight, six straight games against the Rams. Won both games here. Both teams, both teams are very similar from a defensive standpoint. They can rush four and get, get pressure. pressure. They have good linebackers, or at least the, the Niners have a better linebacker, but I think the secondary, or I don't think, I know the secondary for the Rams is a lot better. Um, they can both rush for and get pressure. I know the Niners have the Rams number. I like the Rams here. I think Aaron Donald, I think Vaughn Miller's coming alive. Vaughn Miller's playing a lot better yeah, as of late. And he's finally coming alive. I do. Dominican Sue got stifled by that offensive line. Yeah, I think. Look, I think at the, like, look at what their line did to a very good front. I think on both sides of the ball, they are clicking. Odell Beckham's coming, like doing very well. Cooper Cup obviously playing well. I mean, Higby's very like a good tight end. They get the running game with Cam Akers if he can hold on to the ball. I 
I like the I'm, also I'm, Sean McVay's fault was you have a running back that's fumbled Northwest State fumbling the ball and you just need to get one first down. Like you should just put Sony Michelle in the game who doesn't fumble the ball. That's just my thought, back coaching. But they have a much better offense. And I don't, for whatever reason, I can't bet on Jimmy Garoppolo when I look at it. He offensively scares me. He's gonna make a turnover, do something stupid. But for whatever reason, every time Garoppolo plays games, though, it's like he has the ball and he's driving to go set up a winning field goal. Yeah. It's weird. You look at you like I mean, this guy's nine for four hundred. But that's the like, thing is like when you have a good defense that keeps you in games, like you're going to have the ball with a chance to get a field goal. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Like good defenses keep you in the game, then you just have to put together a drive. And if that drive is just a field goal and you have a good kicker like Robbie Gold, all you gotta do is I mean, now that they're playing in a dome, and that's where it's like to me, it's like, hmm. But I think the Rams, the way the Rams lost last time to them, they're up like 16-0, I think. And then just fell apart. I do like the Rams minus three here. The over-under set at 46 and a half, which I have zero feel for because I could see this being a 21-17, even 24-21. I think if the Rams scored 21 points, they win this game. I think the only way the Niners, the Niners even has to play very well and hold them. I don't know if the Niners can score over 20 points, but like this game could be like a 30 to you know, and then it being 20, like a late score late or something like that. But like for the most part, I think they have to keep, the Niners have to keep this low scoring, have to run the ball, eat clock, basically do what the Rams want to do, you know, establish a run and use play action um, to get, you know, little Debo. Let's, I want to talk about a good coaching job. I mean, Mike Shanahan. Kyle. Or Jesus, Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I was, I, I, two Kyle on, Shanahan. Looked at his offense and said, we stink. How do we get move the ball? I'm just going to give the ball to our best player's yeah. hands and let him just make plays. I don't care if he's in the running back. Debo Samuel, I don't care if he's a running back. I don't care if we're in screens for him. I don't think we're swing pass. They just did whatever they can. There's like, we just got to figure a way to get this, our best player, the ball. That's all we're going to do because we, our quarterback's not doing anything. The play action is not really working that well. The running game's like, are okay, let's just get Debo the ball. And they did. And like, that's all they ended up driving the last couple of times for, for at least getting the field goal range. Yeah, um, I really, I mean, like obviously turnovers is a big thing, but watching that Packers game, the amount of pick sixes he could have thrown if like Green Bay just was looking at the ball. I just don't trust Jimmy G. Like I don't, obviously you have one of the most electric playmakers in Debo Samuel, Samuel, whether it's an return game, run game, pass game, whatever it is. Like he obviously with the ball in his hands is dangerous. I just don't think you can get the ball in his hands enough without the Rams making a defensive adjustment to be like, yeah, we're, I mean, cause he's, yeah, Debo Samuel did some stuff against the Packers, but he wasn't like, wow, like this guy just absolutely dominated the game. Like, yeah. You can you can really key on him. They've done a very poor job getting Kittle involved in the offense the last month and a half. It really just, in my opinion, comes down to if they can run. If they can yeah. run the football. They might I will be, say, uh, they might be able Garoppolo to does have a good advantage by not being cold or playing in bad weather. Um, yeah. So that's because he, I can't remember if they just said it, or if it was actually like a true, I just read it, but it might not have been like a real stat. So just like off like memory, but like he just doesn't play well in cold weather. Well, he's never played a game under 40 degrees before. I mean, oh, so that was a stat. So he never, so he, he never he, played he, a game actually below freezing. Yeah. So he's, yeah. I mean, look at that. He just didn't play that well. Like there, yeah. and like, I mean, it's you know, crappy conditions. Yeah. It wasn't great. Torn ligament in your thumb. Like you're not going to be able yeah. to grip the ball well. It's no. Tough. So I think, I, I'm, honestly, I'm on Rams minus three. I'm leaning on the under just because I do think both defensive fronts are going to cause havoc. It's going to be tough, I think, for both offenses to really get into a full rhythm. However, I do if if the over hits, I think it's because the Rams put up 31 points, cover easy, yeah, and then it's like 31, 17. 
when you do have Cooper Cup, OBJ, Higby, you do have the ability to run the football. If you if you start clicking, like if they just get football to Cooper Cup, like that the, guy just avoids tackles. I believe, I think it's them. They're the only team left in the playoffs with the top 10 in offense, rushing, passing, and then defense. I think they're the only team left in the playoffs that has top 10 and all that. And I also want the Rams to win because I think that they are more suitable to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. So I do think the, I do think the Rams win this game. Obviously, I mean, you look at what they've done earlier in the year. Rams dominated game one last week of the season. They won like 27-24. Right now, don't really have a play on the over-under. Just going to kind of just see how I feel. I always do say life's too short to bet the under. However, on Rams minus three. With that said, what's your pick? Rams minus three. Rams minus three. Heading to the AFC Championship. We have ourselves the Cincinnati fighting Joe Burrows versus the Kansas City Jackson Mahomes. I mean, we got ourselves a ball game. I yeah. uh, <laughs> dancing on the field and stuff. Yeah, you just I mean it's yeah, it, spraying it's champagne, which to the point the spraying if champagne. If you're complaining that yeah. somebody's spraying champagne after that game, like get out of here. Like quit crying. Like just you are society is so soft, but with that, listen, Jackson like, Mahomes, Brittany, wife, very annoying, obnoxious. very obnoxious. But, but like, don't be mad at her. But you, like, I'm one to like people are obnoxious, but like, I'm gonna have their side. Yeah, like, like this is honestly like Green Bay gets a first down, and I spray you with a high noon or something. The, you see the kit. You see the kit. <laughs> this guy basically created a. Um, there's a shot of the jumbotron, and it said like, "Please welcome the Kansas City." Alcohols Anonymous in section 120. Give them a, a health, uh, give them a warm welcome for like a great recovery. And then he was like, he like made that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look where Britney's seats were. Oh, and he like took a picture and was like, yeah. oh, look what section she was. And like people thought it was like true. Oh, they were gosh. like, that she was spraying alcohol in the alcohol. Like they made it as like a joke and people were like running. It was, it was really people, funny though. People are very soft. And like people, like someone's like, yeah, I'm going to file a lawsuit because there was, they were serving alcohol to minors. I'm like, oh my gosh, get over it. Like unbelievable, <laughs> probably the game of the decade. Yeah. Unbelievable. Get over it. But with that said, um, it's minus seven. Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs over under seven. 54 and a half. The Bengals beat them last time, but they got down like 24 to like three. Like, and they came yeah, back. The Chiefs blew it in the yeah, second they, half. They blew it in the second They kind of got, you know, they just were comfortable. In the playoffs, the Chiefs aren't going to get comfortable. You know, in the playoffs, when you go up 24 to three, you don't just say, oh, we're going to, you're going to go run through, the ball. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're going to go. the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to like, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to, we're going to try to put up 50 points, knowing that if they get up early, that the Bengals did come back last time and it's the playoffs, they're going to run the ball. They're, they're going to just try to score 100 points and try to score every possession. I agree with you there. I could possibly see it if, let's say, the Chiefs just demolished them last time, and then you're like, well, just think about it. Like, this this line's at a full touchdown, which is pretty big, and that's with the Bengals winning last time. I really think the Chiefs realistically put up. I think they put up 35. Over 35 points. points. Yeah. Over 35. I think it's, like, we're looking at, like, a 38, like, 41 type, like. Yeah. And then with that said, the over-under, it was a stat that I brought out last week. I don't know if I mentioned on air, but I, I, I was talking to, to Chaz about it in the playoffs when the over under has been over, I think it was 53 and a half. Now it did ha it hit this last weekend with the bills chiefs. Now if the last 10 games, the over is nine and one, nine and one. Yeah, if it's I, over 53 and a half. Yeah. I, and again, I think the Pettif Matthews is healthy. Um, on defense. Ooh, like, oh, Tyron Matthews. Yeah. Tyron Matthews. I, I think I mean, if he's not, then pound the over. Also, I'm going to take, I you know, uh, 
player props aren't uh, on the bookie yet, but like if you have a book where you can do player props, I would just take the over for every defense alignment the Chiefs have for sacks. It'll be, yeah, a, I mean, they it'll, be, it'll be a half a sack. The Bengals gave yeah. up nine. Yeah, I'm taking that. If the Bengals play the Rams in the Super Bowl, I'm going to take over Aaron under Donald, 47 sacks. sacks. 47 sacks. Von Miller, Aaron Donald combined 10 plus sacks. Like, that's literally, that's all bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, With that said, though, I do really think, like focusing on this game, I do think the Chiefs just absolutely murder them. I do think the Bills-Chiefs was the true AFC championship. Whoever won that game, I thought was going to advance to the right. Super Bowl. I got I got to play for you. And at one touchdown, I love the Chiefs. If you think that the Chiefs is going to score 35 to 40 points, all right? Which I do. Okay. A teaser, six and a half points. Why not just take the Chiefs and the minus, minus a half in the over of, so it would yeah. go down to 48. Yeah. How does that lose? Well, I mean, it loses. No, no. How, no, how does that lose? Well, technically, <laughs> they can lose because if, the if Chiefs. If they score 40 <laughs> points, you just need a touchdown from the Bengals. Yes. No, I agree. I personally do not think that loses. It doesn't lose. Now, <laughs> here's my... It doesn't lose, right? Now, maybe their defense is mad what happened in the second half because they did hold them like three points last time in the first half. Can't you do like a four-team, like 15-point teaser? Is that just college? Is you, that you can, but what? that's ridiculous. Because then you could do like the under of the Rams game with the Rams at like plus 12, the Chiefs, and then the over, just like a 14-point like four-team teaser, that'd be crazy. I know college football does that, but college has so much more variety. Variant, yeah. yeah. Um, I, don't know yeah. If, I don't know how high you can go. Um, but with that said, it, no, it would be a great teaser option. I do over. like the minus seven. The, I, I like the over as well. Um, they're like, Bengals, the Bengals' defense, I mean, they stopped. I mean, I wouldn't even really say they stopped the Titans. The Titans kind of stopped themselves. Both teams in the Bills and Chiefs games were getting pressured for. Those quarterbacks were like running, kind of running for their life a little bit. Joe Burrow's not as athletic as both of them. But I guess the one thing is that Mahomes just escapes and it's so hard to cover all those guys I'm pretty for sure, seven seconds. Speaking of props, not that we want to get too in-depth on props. I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes, you told me it. Patrick Mahomes, was it Oh, you? rushing yards. His yeah. rushing yards prop has hit every playoff game of his career. I think it's every playoff game of his career that he's played. It's always like 25. And, and the issue is that obviously teams are better. They get more pressure, but they can't, they don't blitz as much. And they just, they try to get pressured for, and then guys are covered and he rolls. He, he, he got, he got it on the very first carry he had. Yeah. And they, they also like just yards. run. He runs way more because every snap is so important. Yeah. That, that's what he's talking about. So I, uh, Josh Allen and him both went over their rushing totals. I would probably look at if it's under 30. I Which would, actually like speaking of, and I know we're now backtracking to last week. I love the offense the Bills have with Josh Allen because they're like, hey, we're just doing a jet sweep with our quarterback. Yeah. Like, I think that is so awesome. And it's not And they like, run it to the opposite side. Like, you're like the running backs this way. And There's it's funny because the yeah. running back actually really doesn't block anybody. He just kind of like acts like he's doing something. And then <laughs> he just like runs into a dude, falls forward by five yards. I think it's amazing. Like, for an NFL quarterback, obviously Josh Allen is a animal. But for an NFL quarterback, for them to be like, yeah, let's just continue to do this. Like, he takes a beating every game because he's yeah. just doing com like designed quarterback runs. Yep. And it's not like a Lamar Jackson run where he's like very shifty. No, he just is a bulldozer. Yeah. He's fast, but Yeah, so I like I like the I like the Chiefs my 7 over teasing the yeah, over. Teasing everything. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm doing those three games every which way. Um Really? Those three plays Rams, Chiefs, and the over. Nice. So and then like teasing it all. I'm just going to do it all. But uh so if the under hits, I'm losing everything. Everything. Uh let's I guess there's some other news going on right now. Literally just released. We got uh, baseball Hall of Fame voting. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, not in. David Ortiz in. 
I'm going to say something Who else here. is in? Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, not in the Hall of Fame, is, is absolutely BS. The Baseball Hall of Fame says, when you walk in the Hall of Fame, it's basically to capture the game of baseball with its best players and, and, and all the meaning behind the game of baseball and the history and everything. The baseball steroid era is the history of baseball. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were the two best players during that steroid era. Before 1999, 1998, when steroids became popular, and you can try to say 99, 2000, when you can see Bonds taking it for the first time, when everyone else was taking it, smashing home runs, he's like, screw this, let me do it. Like, he was still a Hall of Famer. Same with Clemens. They're both Hall of Famers. They should be put in. If you want to make a separate for steroid era room in the Hall of Fame, that's fine. But the steroid era tells the story of baseball and those who were the best in their era. That's what I have to say. Make a wing, do whatever you want. I don't care. That's the problem I have by not telling the story of baseball, by not letting these two guys in. No, I completely agree. I mean, as a baseball player, I mean, Barry Bonds is it, steroids or not right or wrong. Like the dude dominated the sport more than anyone ever has. And anyone ever could as a career, he had an on base percentage of like four, just under four fifty, which is unbelievable. Like four, 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 which is unbelievable. He had seasons where his on base was like, I think nearing 600. There was a story where he would lead the league in on base percentage. If you still took away all his home runs. And with that, I just, I think that, you know, when you look at, at Barry Bonds playing, he grew, he was playing when I was growing up playing baseball. I just think you're talking about like the most dominant athlete guy had been intentionally walked in the ninth inning with the bases loaded. Like you're telling me that guy who now holds the record for home runs, that'll likely never be beat right or wrong with steroids, whatever. The dude just dominated the game. He played at a high level in the field. Let him in. Same with same thing with Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens absolutely dominated the game. I mean, you're talking about the Rocket. The guy who played, when you're talking about like his generation, he is above the rest. I mean, you're talking, I mean, it's very hard to say in his era, there was another pitcher's dominant. Now people go, oh, it's because of steroids. Who cares? It's, it's like you mentioned, it's the whole story of baseball. These guys literally were looked up to by millions and millions of kids were around the world. They dominated the game. They set so many records. Whether they got performance-enhancing drugs or not, let them in. Who cares? Baseball turned a blind eye to Barry Bronze, Roger, the whole steroid, because everyone was making money. All these writers were, uh, you know, Dan Shaughnessy and all these guys, like the Boston. They were all making tons of money, selling so many papers, writing stories about Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds every day. They use that money to profit, make get their names out there, cover the game. But now the, all these writers aren't going to vote for them when they made so much money and they got famous or they got yeah. popular because of that. No, you guys all turned a blind eye. No one brought anything up during the time. It wasn't against the rules. They just, it might've been illegal and like the scheme of like, you know, the world, but you guys all turned a blind eye and got profit off it. You can't then go and do it. My other thing is you don't like Barry Bonds because he was mean to you. Roger Clemens or mean to the media. These guys are voting for people that they don't like. Kurt Schilling, by the way, he has a borderline Hall of Fame regular season. He is one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. ever. And, and, and you guys all want to judge players in all sports by what they do in the postseasons and not the regular season. And this guy goes and shows it and dominates the postseason whenever he played. He went to the Diamondbacks, wins a World Series. He co-MVP, I believe, with Randy yep. Johnson. Then he goes to the Red Sox and helps create and break an 86-year-old curse, has one of the greatest moments in, in baseball history. You're not going to vote on this guy because you don't like his political views. What are we, I just, What's the point? of You guys should get your, your votes revoked for these stupid things. And then David Ortiz, and I'm a Boston guy. David Ortiz gets over. Now, 
he got caught for steroids and all this other stuff. And now he says it wasn't that. And there's other things. But like you're going to vote. He gets in, but Barry Bonds and Roger, Roger Clemens. Clemens, even Kershaw because his political views and he was never tied to steroids and pitched during that time frame. Didn't, doesn't get in. You know what I just don't understand is, is I look at like the Hall of Fame. I think every year the Hall of Fame should have, there's worthy of a couple guys being in. And, you know, and everyone's like, okay, what what do we describe as Hall of Fame? I'm, Hall of Fame players are like the best ever. Like when you're talking about like the great of the greats, for one, David Ortiz was the only person that made it this year. A guy, and I grew up a Braves fan wearing a Braves shirt right now, actually, is Andrew Jones. has got like 44% and people are, are like, he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Like Andrew Jones is arguably the best outfielder of all time. He's in I, the conversation. I, I just don't get what, what is their classification here now? Like, does this guy have to like literally have like angel wings and... You know, I always go back to like, why are you as a baseball writer qualified to vote on who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, you look at the list of players. There's a lot of players on there that are getting votes that I don't believe deserve to get votes. But then there's guys that's like, if you're arguably one of the greatest outfielders of all time, you hit over like 400 home runs. Like, you're telling me that's not worthy of being in the Hall of Fame? Like, I don't know. Obviously, it's all subjective. I mean, he, he, he batted 254, but he did have 434 home runs. How many he, gold gloves? He had a, a ton of gold gloves. He's a one, two, five-time All-Star. Five-time All-Star right? probably had like a gold glove every year he played. Yeah, and so obviously there's that. Another person that should be in the Hall of Fame is Fred McGriff. Yeah. He, no, nothing bad about the guy. He never looked like he was Jackie. He had 493 so... home runs, and you're not going to put this guy I in the Hall of Fame? Like, under, I don't understand what... It's it's just so subjective, and that's what in in like you know another guy that got in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, and obviously deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but like Chipper Jones, unbelievable career, but he didn't have like six hundred home runs. Like he was a an All Star almost every year, but there's so many guys that are like in that you're like, oh, we're we're picking and choosing, but it's like, how is it a popularity contest? Is it like David Ortiz is well liked? He's in the media, even you know he does do his Fox MLB stuff, but it's like you know, whether it was he did it or not, he was tied to steroids. Yeah. And you're telling me like, oh, he gets in, but Barry Bonds doesn't. And Barry Bonds clearly had a way better career than David Ortiz does. Yeah. And David Ortiz didn't even play a position. My biggest problem with these people, people vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame, is how does a guy like Barry Bonds go from 12% to 25 to 30 to 50? Like his career hasn't changed from year two to eligibility to year 10. So how are we not, like this is absolutely insane. I think, the Baseball Hall of Fame should be of the elite of the elite and tell the story of baseball. And if that person was elite during the steroid era, and if you took steroids, and I'm sorry, that stinks. Like, you know, you locked out. If you took steroids, maybe you'd be a Hall of Famer. You chose not to, but everyone was doing it. Whatever. It should, it's become like, almost like the very good and people like early. I think if you say, are they Hall of Famer? If you don't answer yes right away, then, then you should you, be in. So if you don't, and, and no their stats aren't changing. Yeah, so. and, and like Andrew Jones, you might say, is he a Hall of Famer? You might say, uh, if you hesitate, then no. But that makes the Hall of Fame, you can't do this anymore, but that makes the Hall of Fame elite of the elite. Like you have to have like a 10 to 15 year career where you're an MVP candidate. Like you have to, yeah. you make it so elite that it's so hard to get in. That's different. Like if you were to go like football, you'd be like, Tom Brady, yes. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like, like those people are yeah. different, yes. But if you're like, oh, Philip Rivers, you're like, well, then like then he's not in. That, yeah. that, that's simple. Someone like that, like that's what you should be doing for baseball. But it's all these old writers that because Barry Bonds slighted them one time, it was mean to the media. They don't like him because he lied. It's like I don't agree with how it works. I don't agree. You're on the ballot for like ten years or whatever it is. It's like, oh, now you're off, and it's like what? Like just you have to put like the Sammy Sosa's, Rafael Palmeiro's in now all of that stuff. But like. 
Sammy's thing was like he was a terrible baseball player until yeah. he like till 1998 when he got steroids. It was like oh like now he's good yeah. for like five years. Barry Bonds like, was an all star prior to he would have been a 500 500 guy without but without steroids. Yeah, absolutely. So, but with that, uh, last thing I guess the last thing we talk about is I guess the MLB lockouts are having talks right now. Yeah, they are having talks yesterday and today. They're going back and forth on some stuff. Still not agreeing, but they're having good conversations. I fully expect them to reach a deal here in the next. I don't know. Pitchers catchers report in about three weeks. It might so I'd delay, say about two maybe and a half delay weeks. the delay the start a little bit. No, um, I don't. I th- there's so out. much money that and that's and that's actually the thing too is the players probably don't care whether or not they go to spring training because it's if they don't go to spring training then it just pushes them back. Pitchers are gonna be like, well, I'm not ready to go yet. But owners and these teams make a ton of money on spring training. Like you, I mean, we live in like in Phoenix where they're on the for the uh, Cactus League. These spring training games are sold out every single day. They're not charged. It's not like $8 seats. Like, these are like $100 seats to sit in the lawn. Like, they're making a ton of money on this. It's a huge revenue bringer. Like, they want spring training to happen. Cubs spring trainings are like, like, to sit in the lawn is like $100. It's insane. Cubs spring training games are more expensive than if you go sit in the bleachers at Wrigley Field, depending on... on uh, Like, the time of the game. The time of the game and and the day of the week and who they're playing. But it's a, a fact because... One of my buddies is like, hey, let's go see the he's a Cubs fan. He's like, let's go see the Cubs game. And I'm like, I'm not spending $120 to sit on grass. Stack guy, uh, we don't have a stack guy, but if we did, stack guy, this is what I would like you to do. Do you think buying a ticket to every Cubs spring training game is more or less expensive than season tickets to the Diamondbacks? I bet you it's pretty close. If 81 games compared to 15, you know, 15 20, no, that are 100. No, no. See, I mean, 81 games. Typically, you can only get I mean, season tickets in like decent spots for the Diamondbacks. So I would, I would definitely say Diamondbacks would be more expensive. You had to think about it at least, though. Yeah, you got to think about it. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. insane. Also, um, if you buy season tickets for the Diamondbacks, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You just got no life by betting the games live. Betting. Um, last thing, shout out Auburn uh, basketball number one in the country, first time ever. Shout out Bruce Arizona Pearl. Wildcats number three in the country playing tonight. Huge game. UCLA. UCLA. I already put my pick in on the Vookie app. Cats minus two and a half. They're the real deal. They are, they are home? No, at UCLA, it's a COVID makeup game. The Cats are the real deal. They got Tommy Lloyd. And they are literally Gonzaga, which I love. I mean, you look at Gonzaga and them, and like statistically, like they're pretty much the same team. I'm all about it. Cats minus two and a half. We are Arizona-based, so let's give some UA of A credit. I said Sean Miller was an, an incredibly great recruiter. I think in college, you have really good recruiters. You either recruit really well and be a good coach or be a great coach, and like maybe you can coach up players. I think like Wisconsin does a good job of developing players, getting them up, you know, Purdue and Painter has done that recently, but, um, and even Gonzaga prior used to not always get one and done. They coach these guys yeah. up. They finally got a guy that comes there, can coach and he's coaching them up and they're playing very well. Now their guys might be like, Oh, what's going on? You have a still a basketball school. Let's go there. So this is really good for them. I thought Sean Miller was a great recruiter. I thought he was a good coach. I didn't think he was a he wasn't a coach. great coach. He's a, yeah, it wasn't great. If he was great, then he'd have a national championship. You know, if he was a great or coach. Or a final four. Yeah, or a final <laughs> four. He just, I think he got outcoached sometimes in tournament games, probably because he was sweating and losing his, all his yeah, all losing fluids. His and just, yeah, he's yeah. dehydrated. Yeah. You can't coach when you're dehydrated. No, you can't. So, uh, but, but with that, Cats minus two and a half. Download the Vookie app today. Follow along. Take the Cats tonight, minus two and a half. Over Watch them ads. Win that bet. Cash it. Enter for a raffle prize. I'm on the over 152. Yeah, love the over as well as there because the cast score 89 <laughs> points a game. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Taylor Fade Podcast. Follow us, like us, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel, and download the Vookie app today. Thanks. Thanks.